Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. If you are keeping track at home, this is episode nine of season five, or if you're keeping track of all of them, this is episode number 203. My name is Britt. And I'm Craig. And Craig, we are back because you know what? It's finally go time. Season one, season one, (laughs) week one is upon us. And with that in mind, we are not wasting any time tonight. We're going right into it. First, let's start where we always start. Craig, what are you drinking tonight? So tonight, I am drinking a beer I've never had. Uh, it's one okay. I gave to you that I looked for because of someone on your Hearthstone stream suggested it. The Pale Bragat. Bragat? Oh, the Bragat. Yes. By oh, eight, I still have that in my fridge. By 18th I haven't Ward. opened it yet. So it has, that? It's by 18th Ward. Um, okay. It has a funky kind of... 70s psychedelic can art. Um, yeah. What I, my understanding is Braggit is a mixture of mead and ale. We're going to find out. It's very light pouring. It, oh, wait. Now I'm pouring more, and it's actually gotten thicker. Hmm. Is this like is this like something you should have like shaken or turned <laughs> the can upside down no, for like half an hour? No, no. Um, there is some light penetration. I can s- sort of see my fingers shadow through it, so it's not too bad. All right. All right. So we're going to take a swig here. All right. Let's go in for the taste test here. All right. It doesn't really smell. It kind of smells like ale. It doesn't really, it doesn't have any distinguishing smells. So let's see. You're right, though. It was, it was, it was a gentleman who popped onto my, um, my Twitch stream a couple of weeks back. We were talking about beer, and he was like, Have you ever had Braggit? And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so Craig went out and found some. I did. Wow. I don't know. I honestly don't know what this tastes like. When you first <laughs> when you first taste it, it's kind of like an ale, but then it slow very slowly. So imagine like you're driving on ninety five at five o'clock, kind of slow. It slowly okay. gets hoppy on the back end. Wow! All right, it's, it's different. That's interesting. It slowly dries your mouth out. It's interesting. We'll have to we'll have to pop that one open during <clears throat> the games this week and see uh, see what that one is like. I am not drinking beer tonight. If you've listened to this podcast enough, you know that uh, I suffer from an anxiety disorder and, um, well, suffers the wrong word. I have an anxiety disorder and I have to do certain things to take care of it. And one of the things is not have any alcohol after a day where I have a panic attack. And, oh, Lord, did I have a panic attack today. Um, I had a very busy day at work, so I got up early and started working on our friend, The Metric. And... I saw a PC today do something I have never seen a PC ever do before. And I've been using computers since I was about 13 years old. So for the last 30 years, I've used different computer functions. And today, Excel took all of my information across six spreadsheets in one workbook and said, I'm only going to keep this one sheet full of running backs and, and throw the rest in the garbage. That's okay, right? Oh, no. And I was like, no, 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 no. Revise version. Go backwards. Go backwards? What do you mean go backwards? Well, version history. Go back to the last save point before you did that. Oh, you wanted me to save that. (laughs) I have never seen Excel file do this before. Never. And my first thought was, well, I forgot to press save, right? Right. But it it threw out sheets one and two and kept the running backs. So if I if I'd only saved one sheet, it would have saved the master sheet, which would be page one. And if it only saved the last sheet I did, it would have been defenses page six. So it's like something in my computer picked a random number out of a hat and said, that's the sheet we're going to save. Never seen that before. Did not capture any of my saves. That's fun. And I do save frequently and use a cloud backup. Excel is telling me, nope, there's only one version of it. It's the one you're staring at. And I'm like, no, no, no. I know I put data in here, like not 20 minutes ago. Not 20 minutes ago, I put data into this sheet. Never. So that's that triggered a full-blown Brit pacing the room. Oh, my God. There is no episode panic attack. And so consequently, I am drinking Gatorade Zero tonight. 
because my brain is going to need a day or two to recover. I'm hoping I feel better tomorrow. And it came out of nowhere. This Fantech came absolutely out of nowhere. There was no warning, no precursors, any of that well, stuff. Well, I mean, you'll, you'll be rested up for Sunday. Well, that's it. I mean, I would love to be able to have a beer tomorrow tomorrow night while I'm watching the game. So, but we're but before we can get to the games, it's it's week one metric. But we always spend some time. So we're going to skip burning hot takes because we always spend this first week episode or the episode before. But I was I wasn't here last week. I had a a, a draft, um, so I wasn't able to do this last week. We always spend just a few minutes going over what is daily fantasy sports from a football perspective what are your options what the hell are you talking about why does the metric matter so i'm just going to launch into a really brief really quick upfront explanation of what dfs is from a football perspective dfs is a way to play fantasy football on a week by week or even a game by game basis you don't have to commit to an entire season You can literally say, I have time this week. I want to select teams that are only going to compete this week. There are a number of sites out there that provide this. The two most commonly known are FanDuel and DraftKings. If you go to any of these sites, make sure you look before you sign up for anything. Almost every one of them has some sort of bonus if a friend refers you or if you make a uh, a donation. (laughs) Sometimes it feels like you're making a donation. Just like the casino. If you make a deposit, whatever the case may be, make sure you're getting any sort of benefit that may come with it. All that being said, so if I want to go on DraftKings and I want to play, what am I looking at? There's multiple types of games, but essentially games boil down to two different categories. What we call cash games and what we call GPPs or tournaments. What's the difference and why does it matter? Cash games are usually multiplier games or what we call 50-50s, where you go into a limited pool and X number of people are going to win approximately double their money. If you go into a 50-50, that literally means 50% of the people win, 50% lose. If you go into a a double up, then about 40% of the people win. The the bigger the odds, the fewer the people are going to walk out with wins. You got to look at it that way. You can usually find them as small as like 10 people and as large as 50,000, depending on what you want. Those are basic cash games. How do you win a cash game? You win a cash game by putting together a lineup that is going to be above whatever that cash line is going to be. On DraftKings, a typical a typical lineup that'll win cash is about 150 points, give or take. I've I've lost with 175 points and I've won with 125 points. No joke. So cash games, you're trying to just put together a balanced lineup that's going to get you over a threshold of points. Tournaments are different. Tournaments are is a very is a large group of people and only a very small percentage of them will win. That makes the number you need to win usually much higher. Usually the realm of 200 points or more. Usually more than 200 points. So why is that different? Why shouldn't I just be trying to put together a lineup to score the most points? Because in a cash game when so many people win, 30, 40, 50% of the players win, you have a larger margin of error and you can afford to play it safe in areas that you can't in a tournament. In a tournament, sometimes, and I would say even usually, the outlier plays win. Let me give you an example. Two years ago, I entered a a grand prize pool tournament, a GPP tournament sponsored by KFC. If you've listened to this this (laughs) podcast before, you know this story. (laughs) It was a single game pool for a night game that Kansas City was playing. In order to try and make that lineup stand out, I put in all the chalk players in the lineup except for the one spot. So I got Kelsey. I got Mahomes. I can't remember who they were playing, but it was somebody decent. I got the other quarterback. I get to the very end, and I only have enough money in my salary cap for some really bottom rung players. And I look, and I realize that Sammy Watkins is still chief at this point. Sammy Watkins is questionable to play. So who's the next guy on the depth chart? It's a guy named Byron Pringle. (laughs) Nice. And guess what? He's only $200 in this pool, and I got $400 left. I can't afford anybody except for the Byron Pringle level. So I chucked Byron Pringle in there. That was the night that Byron Pringle had the best night of his career. I think he had 10 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Yep. I finished fourth in that pool, and I won money. 
I don't because know, I put it together was the such best... a low percentage that used Byron Pringle too. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So when you're playing cash games, you have a number in mind. I need to get over about 150 points, and I want to put together a reliable lineup that I feel confident is going to get over that number and be and not be risky. Tournaments are about taking riskier plays. So what we do here is we talk about, and we usually focus on DraftKings, we talk about the cash games, the 50-50s, the double-ups, usually the games that you can get in there and that you can at least make some more money on. Tournament games are extremely hard to make money on. Well, but there's a millionaire pool. I want to get in a millionaire pool. Good luck. You know yeah, what? Stick you, the 20 bucks in an envelope and <laughs> you could. You'd be better off sticking the 20 bucks in an envelope and mailing it to us. That's true. You would be. Honest, it would save you time, effort, and 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 angst. Trust me on that. I mean, well, but somebody's gonna win a million dollars. Yeah, but there's three hundred thousand people in this pool, and a lot of them are a lot of people do because they're multiple entries. So you'll yes. have you'll have high rolling people making like a hundred lineups. You will have sharks in there. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You will have sharks. So again, other tip typical. Uh, they, they use a lot of nautical um, terminology going into these things looking to feast on people who don't know what they're doing right whales are the guys who have so much disposable income they don't care oh i can throw four or five hundred dollars at this pool who the hell cares twenty dollars an entry and it's a maximum of 20 entries that's only 400 bucks here you go they're big they're fat they're slow moving and they're easy targets yep they're whales then there's guppies Guppies are small fish that are easily devoured by either whales or sharks. These are the guys that walk in and go, you know what? I got 20 bucks to burn, and I don't know a shit thing about football, but I'm (laughs) going to put myself in this millionaire maker. (laughs) And they sit there and go, well, you know, Tom Brady's pretty good, and uh, Leonard Fournette's pretty good. Oh, and I hear that Dak Prescott, he's a something. Oh, I don't really have anybody else left. I'll use kickers. (laughs) You're not winning a million dollars for kickers. Or they're, they're going to try to pick really cheap people and assume, not assume, but like guess they're going to have giant games. That's it. They're going to they're going looking for Byron Pringle. Exactly. They're looking for Byron Pringle. Okay. Let's be honest with ourselves. <laughs> That's the name that Byron of this Pringle. Episode. <laughs> they're looking for Byron Pringle. Yes. That was a one in a million shot. I sat there and I had to pick somebody. I picked the right game, the right guy at the right time. That happens very rarely very rarely my advice to folks is focus on the cash games and listen do beginner pools if you are new to daily fantasy you will get on any of the sites you sign up for the first time you will get offered beginner pools these yep. are guys this is the this is to weed out sharks yep like even we don't, can't be in beginner pools anymore <laughs> no i don't i think we're even banned from intermediate pools at this point on <clears throat> fanduel i think i might be out of the intermediate range now it's all nice. based on how much you've wagered over time. Use the beginner pools. Use the beginner pools. And 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 look for stuff. What you want to do in, in Daily Fantasy is find value players. Guys who are going to provide a lot of points for small amounts of money, so that, and, and cash games in particular, so that you can balance your lineup out with the big guys. Well, I want to use Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. Great. You can use Christian McCaffrey and Davin Cook. There goes literally 40% of your budget. Yep, and then you're picking the cheapest defense and kicker. <laughs> think about think about <clears throat> it from a perspective of actual life. You have a limited income, but you want to buy an Audi? You go ahead and buy your Audi. Get Enjoy eating Kraft macaroni and cheese every night for the rest of your natural life. <laughs> so can you get an Audi and only pay $120 a month for it? Now all of a sudden it looks doable. Where is their value? Where can you save money to get better players? Craig, that's my 10-minute spiel. What do you want to add to that? What did I miss? <clears throat> um, I think you had all the all the important highlights, but yeah, I would just tell people to remember, like, don't get overwhelmed because when you open these apps, they're going to flash all this stuff at you. Oh, uh, yeah. But look at beginner pools, look at cash games, and look at games where there's a smaller amount of people because that actually increases your chances of winning. So, so you're going to do a pool with a hundred people versus like 5,000 people pick the smaller pool. All right. So in, in conclusion on this smaller pools, beginner pools, if you're eligible, 
avoid the hard sell. Well, if you buy one entry into our Millionaire Maker tonight, you get a $3 ticket next weekend. What? what? <laughs> I got to lose $20 for you to give me something free for three? Yeah. A $3 value? So here's what I'll do. I'll put this offer on the table right now. Any listener wants to mail me a $20 bill, I will send you three singles <laughs> the next week. Because unless you are a shark or you have a ton of insider information, that is essentially what you're doing with the Millionaire Maker. So what we do here is we focus on cash games. Give me 50-50s. Give me double ups. I'm going to develop lineups, and and we're going to use our tool, the metric, to develop lineups that allow you to get into that top 40% of people. That And, and our, our track record is very solid. Very solid. In the six years we've been doing this, we've only had one losing season. On Overall, we are way ahead of the house. We could have another two losing seasons and still be way ahead in terms of the amount of money between win-loss with, with DraftKings because we have done this so well for so long. So take the advice, but at the end of the day, obviously we also say, this is our standard disclaimer, don't yell at us if you lose. I can only recommend Byron Pringle. Yeah, I can can only recommend Byron Pringle. I can't make him catch passes. So, all right. But before we get into the actual ins and outs of the metric, there's a lot of things that go into figuring out where to find value. And one of the things you can look at, and we look at every year, is over-unders. Because if you think about it, if you're drafting offensive players, people who are going to be in games with high scores are more likely to score points, right? To the best of my knowledge, no game ends 75 to 73 unless there's a boatload of touchdowns. Right. (laughs) That would be like, was that roughly about 50 field goals we're talking? So um, yeah, it's about. So we go through the we go through the over unders in what we like to call America's favorite game. Ah. So welcome back to America's favorite game, where I take a look at the spreads, find the games that have an over under of fifty plus, and then Craig has to tell me which ones they are for it, so we can identify high scoring matchups and help you win money. So, Craig, are you, are you excited? You had a rough ex- year last year <laughs> yeah, last in the year, America's last Favorite year Game. Last year was rough. I did not do well, but um, you know, I'm ready to, ready to take the challenge again. So sometimes we will do two boards. We're only doing one today. We usually do things over 50 and games under 30. There are no games under or under 40, isn't it? Isn't it under, under 40, 40 we do? Yeah. There are no games under 40. Which says to me there are going to be games where you're going to be like, if I'm if I'm betting straight games... I'm taking the under in some games this this week. There are some games here I'm looking at, and I'm like, there's no way that game gets to 40 <laughs> points. I'm going to ruin one right now that I know you wouldn't guess. Okay. Broncos at Giants is a 41 and a half. No. <laughs> 41 and a half Broncos at Giants. <clears throat> I mean, I guess they're assuming Sparkly's going to play, but no one knows if he is or not. So. And they're making a large assumption that Detroit, that Denver's Denver's offense has gotten better. The Giants' secondary is is woeful. True. Well, actually, that's not really true. They're, they, you they're can not, pass on them, though. Yeah, they're not. They're not the Ravens' secondary. So. so unless Jamal Williams is is scoring all those points, or what is his name, Javante? I'm sorry, Javante, Javante Williams is scoring all those points. I don't see that getting a 41 and a half. I would take the under there. But what we do have is five games of at least wow. an over under of 50. Craig, you have three strikes to tell me all five of these games, and then we will discuss how they break down in terms of anticipated final scores. Looking at this week's schedule, every game, every team is active. Yep. Give me one of the five games where the odds makers (sighs) say this is going to be a high-scoring game of 50 or more total points. Uh, Let's go Packers-Saints. Packers-Saints, believe it or not, is a 50 so that's a correct. Right. It is the lowest of our totals on the board. Oh. So that is great that you got that one out of the way. That one, I don't have, uh, I, I wrote down the anticipated totals. What was the spread on that one? The spread on that one is Green Bay giving four. Hmm. That's, then I have this wrong. Should be 25, should be 27 to 23. Yeah, that's the right math. 
final score of 27-23 in favor of Green Bay, according to the odds makers. Four touchdowns for the Packers? Um, yeah, I mean, this, historically, I mean, Breeze isn't there anymore, but historically, the Saints just relied on their offense to keep them in games. Uh, so we're going to see what happens. Which brings me to the other point. Do you see New Orleans scoring 23 points at home against Green Bay? Because I don't. Um, I will say yes, only because they're at home. I do have questions about the Packers secondary. So fair. We'll see. Fair. So you can. So, yeah. So those are both 20 point games plus each team. All right. All right. Who else? Who else is on your list? You're one for let's, one so far. Let's go with your Chiefs and the Browns. 52 and a half. So absolutely correct. And the Chiefs are favored by six and a half. So I had to round off a little bit. Mm-hmm. But and I did the math wrong again. Oh, that's 12 and a half. I'm not doing this. Half of 52 is 26. So 29, 23 ish, 29, 23 or 29, 24. That's roughly it. I'm doing the math wrong in my head, man. I'm having a rough day. Kansas City held it under 30 points at home against the Browns? Uh, probably not. <laughs> I think Kansas City is going to go way over 30 points. I, I think this that. is a, I think I think this team is pissed off about what happened last year and mm-hmm. let's not forget what happened the last time they were pissed off when they lost the AFC Championship to the New England Patriots. They won went out and won like 14 games and steamrolled to the Super Bowl. They were angry. I think, and Cleveland has historically been woeful on opening day. I think they've won once since they came back into uh, existence. You think they've won once or zero? It's one it's, or zero. It's a, low, it's a very low number. <laughs> so so you got the fact that the Browns historically are very bad on opening day. Have that Andy Reid historically is amazing when he has weeks off to plan. And he's had months off. <laughs> he's had months off. Never forget, it's a couple years back. Chiefs at Patriots opening night. Alex Smith was still the quarterback and they walked in there in the second half. They made the Patriots look like they had never seen an offense before. (laughs) That is true. So I think Kansas City wins this game big. Can Cleveland score 23 points on Kansas City? Absolutely. Sure. I think both these teams are fantasy viable and I would take the over in this game and would not even think about it. I think the final of this game is probably closer to 35-29. So, all right, so two for two. All right. Uh, so, so far, see. Green Bay, Kansas City, New Orleans, and Cleveland are all usable in DFS. Now let's go with, you said there's five, right? So I need three more. There's three left, yes. Okay, let's go with Vikings-Bengals. Incorrect. <laughs> Vikings-Bengals, I got to go back to it, is a 48. All right. Right. 48. I don't think anybody knows exactly what to think out of either of those teams offensively is really what it comes down to. <clears throat> the Bengals, does the Bengals offensive line really do what it needs to do? Is uh, the Jamar Chase addition and Joe Burrow's recovery okay? And then, you know, the Vikings, well, Dalvin Cook is going to score two touchdowns. That's great. Well, there's 14 points. How many How many more interceptions and points is Kirk Cousins going to cause? So, That's a valid. That's a valid concern. So that is strike one on you. All right. All right. I'm going to go with this game only because people keep talking about one of the quarterbacks like repeatedly all week. Yeah. And the other team's defense historically is not good. I'm going to go Eagles Falcons. Incorrect. That is strike two. I thought that one would be on there too. Let me see where it is. Eagles is another 48. Damn it. Close. Another 48. <laughs> and that's a game I think could go over. I, when we get to the metric, you're going to see I, the metric likes Jalen Hurts this week. Doesn't love him, do. but it likes him. And, it, you know, if if he gets going, that game could be a shootout. So two strikes, but Damn. still three teams on the board. you got to make a big recovery ah, here, man. Man. Boo. All right. Let's see here. Let's go. I hate that I'm going to pick this game, but let's go Cowboys-Bucks. Absolutely correct. 51 and a half. <laughs> 51 and a half and Tampa is favored by seven and a half. I did this wrong again. So what is that? It's again, that's like 29, 23 or 29, 22, 28, 20. I'm going to call it 28, 22. Yeah. Roughly, roughly. Again, I'm rounding down. So a bit more like 28, 23. Let's, let's call it that. Cause that's no, that's not right. It would be 29, 23. 
Yeah, 29-23 sounds about right. I'm rounding because of the half point. Tampa scoring 29 points? Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit lower. Probably a little bit lower, but I think the Bucks are going to win that game. Tampa will score what they need to score. Um, I think Dallas, I think I'm actually, I think Dallas could win this game. You think so? <clears throat> I do. Even with their left guard out? Yes, mm. I do. Don't forget, Tampa started five and three last year. They did? Supposedly, Bruce, it, it, this is rumored now, Bruce Rarys was supposedly telling people in private that he was going to need to find a new job next year because he knew that five and three wasn't going to cut it with a Brady-led team. <laughs> he, he was pretty much like, we're, ne- we're never going to recover from this. And then they just went on a, a tremendous, <laughs> tremendous run. But um, yeah, so I, 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 but I think, I think there's a lot of weapons in this. I think, but the problem with my problem with Dallas is a, we, again, we don't know we're getting out of Dak. We don't know we're getting out of Zeke. Like you said, the left tackle is hurt. Who is, who is Dak throwing to? The only person I feel confident on that team he's going to throw to is Blake Jarwin. Not, you just, I, I don't, not even CeeDee Lamb? I, he's going to try. He's going to try, but Tampa's corners are good. Tampa shut, and again, it, we saw last year what happens with a depleted offensive line. Tampa made life miserable for Kansas City in the Super Bowl because their offensive line was depleted. So, I don't know. I'm going to probably steer clear of that game in general. I'm going to do a, a, a single game pool on it, but other than that, I'm going to Yeah, I'm never, I'm never big on Thursday games. <clears throat> you know, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say this now, even though I know he's yeah. going to listen. Yeah. I, I, I put together a, uh, a welcome back pool for us. Just a quick, like little $1 thing just for us to have a, huh? Yeah. Uh, my, my captain on that lineup, cause it's the single games, you got to designate a captain. My captain, that game is Ronald Jones. So, <laughs> so is mine. <laughs> is it? I think that it is. is awesome. Is it just because Sean has been screaming about yes. Ronald Jones for the last three months? Yes. <laughs> and every time he stops screaming about Ronald Jones, somebody else on his team gets hurt and he's like, Ronald Jones is going to have to carry me. Okay. And then since he started that t- people on Twitter have been all about Ronald Jones for some reason. Yeah, this seriously. Year. I think, I think Sean has multiple shadow accounts. <laughs> So, all right, moving on. Okay, two yes. more. Two you still more. Got, you only got okay. one more strike. Damn it. And these all are right. neither of these are. One I think is is pretty okay. I can see it. And the other one I think is hard to get. God. All right, Seahawks Colts. Strike three. Damn it. Oh, I am sorry. Seahawks Colts is not on my screen. Where is it? Forty-eight and a half. Damn it. Forty-eight and a half. The correct answers are Arizona at Tennessee is a fifty-two. Really? I think. I think. This is going to be Kyler Murray leads them down the field and throws for a touchdown pass. And then um, Derrick Henry runs for 97 yards and we're tied up again. And it's going to be back and forth like that the entire game. Hmm. So I do. And then the last one was was uh, Baltimore at Las Vegas. You know, that was the my Ravens second. at the Raiders. That was my second choice. That's a 51. So I'm not really I'm going to avoid that. So game. they think, First the, off, Ra- they think the Ravens are going to score 30 something points. I think and I think you and I could score thirty something points against the Raiders defense. That's fair. The Ra- <laughs> the, the Raiders are not a good defensive squad in my opinion, um, and, and I think that there's there's a lot that can be done there. I, I'm going to avoid that game. I'm going to avoid, which is easy because most many pools don't include Thursday or Monday as part of the bigger spectrum unless you do the whole weekend. So just ignore the Baltimore and, and the Baltimore game. That's my advice. So so of those so of those teams. So we talked about Dallas, Tampa, Arizona, Tennessee, Cleveland, KC, Green Bay, New Orleans, and Baltimore, Vegas. Which matchup do you think really does have the highest over-under potential? Uh, so for me, I think it's going to be, there's probably two, it's probably the Chiefs, Browns, and the Packers and yeah. Saints. I think two. those are the two I'm looking at too. Arizona, Tennessee has the potential to be a shootout. I just don't know. Early in the season, I really feel like defenses, just like in, in, in baseball in general, those first couple those first couple weeks, don't be shocked with ERAs under one. Exactly. Don't. Everyone's still getting back into the people have, have worked on stuff. People are, are, are changing things up. I think defenses do well. So, All right, with that, we got to run into the metric, man. We are going to be short on time today. Let's get right into it. So for people who have no idea what the hell the metric is, I'm going to tell you what the metric is. <laughs> The metric is the tool that Craig and I developed five years ago, six almost now, because we used it for a year before we started this show. What's that? That's crazy to think about. It's crazy to think we were talking about this six years ago. Yeah. Um, It's a simple mathematical tool that takes the 
takes our projections for a player and averages out against its salary in an attempt to find guys who are underpriced. Imagine you went to the grocery store and you're walking down. Let's I don't even know. Let's I'm trying to think of an easy example. The cereal aisle. And you saw a box of Frosted Flakes for $1.99. And next to the $1.99 Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, sponsor us, <laughs> is store brand Flakes of Frost. And it's $3.99. And you sit there and go, the store brand is $2 more a box than the name brand. Why on earth would I buy the crappy store brand? That's essentially what we're looking for here. We're looking for mistakes in pricing or guys who are going to outperform their price point. The folks at DraftKings and FanDuel and these all these other sites pay people to sit there and estimate value comparative to other people at their position and to put together balanced lineups. This is not that's not how the real world works. It doesn't. The best athlete doesn't always win the race. Things nope. happen. Exactly. So we are looking for those values. What we try to do is identify a couple value people at every position so that you guys can make a decision as to which ones you want to use and then use the really top line guys or what they call chalk. The guys that are easy to identify. They're the chalk plays. They're, they're never going anywhere. Um, guys like Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. Guys like Patrick Mahomes. Those are the guys that you know you can use pretty much week in and week out, but you know that they're, they're going to be expensive week in and week out. Where can you save money to use these guys? So that's what we're going to talk about now. So I plug all my numbers into the metric, and I said metric. I also personify the metric in this process, <laughs> by the way. I said, metric, I need some quarterbacks. And he said, quarterbacks, huh? I said, yeah. I said, give me somebody who's going to get triple their salary. So if somebody's $4,000, I'm looking for 12 points. Right. Four times three <clears throat> is 12. Mm-hmm. If somebody is $5,000, I'm looking for 15 points because five times three is 15. We don't, we, we obviously divide, you know, obviously. So somebody's 4.4 points. I'm looking for a minimum of 14.4 points, et cetera. So metric, give me somebody who's got three X value at quarterback. And the metric said, Oh, I got somebody for you. And I'm like, who is he? And I'm, he's like, well, I got 23 of them. <laughs> and I kid you not. When I ran my projections through, I had 23 guys above the three X line. And do you know why? Why? Because they have downgraded salaries on QBs so much. The most expensive QB out there is Mahomes. What was his salary? I'm looking for it. Give me a minute. <clears throat> um oh, I had it right in front of me and now I can't well, find like Kyler, it. Well like Lamar Jackson is seventy seven hundred. Mahomes was eighty one hundred. That means he needs twenty four point three points. I don't have him in the value range, but that's how 24 points from Patrick Mahomes is not crazy. Baker Mayfield is 5,900. That means he needs 18 points. That's not crazy. Matt Stafford, 6,200. That means he needs 18.6 points. He can get that. So consequently, what you have is a nightmarish landscape of like literally two thirds of the league where the starters are going to give you potential value this week. So I said, all right, let's take a look at two guys, a reach guy and a safe guy. My reach guy this week is going to be Mac Jones. Why? Because when they put out these salaries, Mac Jones was not the starter and Cam Newton was still a Patriot. <laughs> that is true. So Mac Jones's salary is $4,400 on DraftKings. Damn. That means he needs 14 and a half points to make value. 14 and a half points. Well, but... 14 and a half points isn't going to win me a pool. You're right. So if you want to spend up, you also have the option of going with Josh Allen, who at 7,400, I've got him slated for 26 points. All he needs is 25 and he's got value. So I've got Josh Allen if I want to spend up and Mac Jones if I want to spend down. And that just means when I'm putting together the lineup, I'm probably doing QB last. I'm looking where I've, or QB is going to be my last value play. If I, if I don't need a value play, then I'm probably playing somebody like Lamar Jackson. Lamar, I've got at 24.6. Josh Allen is technically better. Um, actually, I've got Josh Allen at, at the at the best the best value at 26 points. So, Craig, who do you like this week in the quarterback ranks? There's so many to choose there's, from because they're so cheap. Yeah, I, before you know, before I look at the list, I didn't realize how far down their salaries have gone. 
so you do have a, you do have a lot of options at uh, quarterback. <clears throat> like Mac Jones is probably your your best value at forty four hundred. Yeah. If you want to go up a little bit, you know, there's Sam Darnold. I think has a lot of potential there. He's only five. I think he's he is five thousand. He's a great tournament play because of the revenge factor. <clears throat> he would be. Uh, and there's you know there's Jalen Hurts. I don't know. I. I mean, he's playing the Falcons. The Falcons' defense historically is not good, and uh, that game could be a he's shootout. Sixty-four hundred. So there's that. But if you want strict value, uh, yeah, I, I would agree with the uh, Mac Jones pick. So I'm going to have a couple of shares of Jalen Hurts. I'm going to have a couple shares of Matt Stafford because they're all in the same range too. But yes, I mean, if I were putting together a tournament lineup and I wanted to hit on quarterback that no one is going to that well, and that's the other thing too, ownership percentage. We didn't get into that in our description. But the more owned a player is, it matters more in tournaments than in cash games. What you want in tournaments is to use the guys that are high upside that nobody else is using. I think a lot of people are going to fade Sam Darnold. I don't know that for sure. Fading means not using him. Fade means "Ah, I'm going to push him aside. The only guy I'm fading this week, honestly, is Justin Herbert in DFS. You're really down on Justin Herbert this year, huh? But he's also 6,700. Oh, that is expensive. Well, I mean, that means he's like he right basically in the middle, but he needs to get over 20 points. And I have no faith that the Chargers are going to be any good this year at all. I am fading Justin Herbert. Everybody else is usable based on your own. I mean, even Tyrod Taylor is potentially usable. Trevor Lawrence, I, I, I they're both outside the value marker, but there's a ton of guys out there who are going to get really us good numbers. Go to running back. Where's Jameis Winston? Sure. Uh, he's in the value range. I've got him at 17 points, and he's 5,200, so he needs to get to 15.6. Eh, that's that's very doable. The yeah, thing is this. There's a lot of options at quarterback this week. With so many guys in the value range, though, I don't want a sub-20-point quarterback. Hmm. That's the problem with Mac Jones. Oh, well, Mac Jones only 4,400. Yeah, but if he's going to get me value at 17 points, it's not worthwhile to me. You know, I mean, or, or, four, or 14 points. He's going to get me value at 14 points. I'd rather spend up and get the guy who's going to get me value at $6,200 and maximize that money. It gives me more of a margin of error error elsewhere. All it takes is one solid performer getting hurt or underperforming to kill any lineup in DFS. <laughs> that is true, and it's very painful when it happens. <clears throat> Dalvin wanna- Cook. Dalvin Cook. Let's let's go to court. Let's go to running backs. And before we get into the value, let's look at Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. I'm I'm scrolling. Give me a second. Dalvin Cook is ninety one hundred dollars on DraftKings. Damn. So as cheap as they've made quarterbacks, they've tried to make running back the place where you have to make a hard decision. Dalvin Cook could score twenty seven points this week. He could, or he could go down, twist his knee on the fourth carry of the game. And the coaches look around and go, I think we can handle Cincinnati without Dal. Let's shut him down just to be safe. And he ends with 1.3 points. It's very possible. (laughs) You have to make sure you hedge your bets. When you use the big names, you have to be confident they're going to meet your expectations. So it's a lot easier for me to screw up on a value play and make up those 10 points somewhere else than it is for me to screw up on the big names. But if the big names come through big, they give you a bigger margin of error. So I'm going to use a Matt Stafford over a Mac Jones at quarterback just because it gives me more margin of error. At running back, I said, Metric, what do you got for me? It said, I got two names for you. And I said, well, that's a lot better than the 23 you gave me at quarterback. It said, you want Javante Williams and you want Antonio Gibson. And I said to myself, you know, you might be onto something there. <laughs> because de- as much as I just downplayed Denver at Giants, I don't. I think. I think Denver is going to lean on the run game as much as possible. If anybody's going to have a two touchdown performance in that game, it's probably Javante Williams. Well, what about Melvin Gordon? What about Melvin Gordon? What has Melvin Gordon ever done anywhere ever? <laughs> he had like one good year in L.A. You crowned him the king of the universe. He got hurt, and they drafted Austin Eckler. Uh, the yeah, end. Pretty much, that's what happened. There's your fairy tale <laughs> season out there in in L.A. And it wasn't in L.A. at the time of San Diego, but that's beside the point. I think Javante Williams is going to end up getting the bulk of the load. I think Melvin Gordon is going to be on a snap count, and I think Javante Williams has a potential. He's only $4,000. I've got him slated for over 13.5 points. Javante Williams is a good go. Antonio Gibson, did I not just tell you how bad the Chargers are? (laughs) Oh, they have a good defense. They sure do. 
But if Washington gets ahead on them, they're going to run the ball down their throats to end the game as quickly as possible. And the longer the Charger defense stays on the field, the worse they get. This is how Kansas City beat them last year. What's his name? That The young kid. Oh, I'm drawing a blank on it from the Charger. Ended up hurting himself in that game. Uh, oh, why am it. I drawing a blank on that kid's name? They had him rushing freaking Patrick Mahomes every down. By the third quarter, he looked like he was going to fall asleep on the sideline. <laughs> because instead of doing the high-flying stuff that they thought they were going to get out of Kansas City, Kansas City said, all right, Kelsey for 10, Hill for 20. I'm going to hand off a couple times. Let's go back to Travis for six. They kept the defense on the field, and it wore them down. And that's what Gibson's going to do. So I like Javon, Javante Williams and Antonio Gibson as value plays this week. In my chalk plays, I'm looking at two names, and you're going to have to pay up for them. They're Dalvin Cook at 9,100 and Christian McCaffrey at 9,500. <clears throat> if I have to pick one, I'm picking Dalvin. Because at 9,100, he's going to get me way, way better value, I think. Well, I don't have 9,000. Then your next best choice is probably Alvin Kamara at 8,600. But those are the guys I'm looking at chalk-wise. Craig, value pick, chalk pick. What do you like at running back this week? Uh, running back this week, and you know, Javante Williams at 4,000 is very hard to pass up. It's, I, it's, I, it's hard. It's not, it's not a slam dunk. If he comes in at nine points or less, I won't be shocked. But again, I, we play this game all the time. If he has 30 yards and a touchdown, he's plus nine. I think yeah. he has the potential to score twice. And I think he has the potential to break off a big run or two. And we could be looking at like 15 to 20 points. It's possible. And that's a, that I can save money there. If I use Javante Williams, I've got a better chance of squeezing in Dalvin Cook. True. So go on. Javante, <laughs> I'm sorry, cut uh, you out there. Javante Williams is your value, yeah. That's my value. But someone who I'm probably going to try to get in my lineup this week is Aaron Jones. He's at 6,800. 6, you know, they are playing, again, like I mentioned before, just like Atlanta, New Orleans' defense. Not stellar. They're okay. But I think he's he has potential for a lot of upside this week, and he's 6,800, so he's right in that middle tier, so he's not super expensive like uh, McCaffrey, who's 90, was he 9,500? Yeah, so. so I had A.J. Dillon slated for like seven points and then the backup in Green Bay. And then I was listening to the guru this morning and John Hansen was like, if this game becomes a blowout and Green Bay goes up like 28-12, they're going to pull all their starters and they're yeah. just going to hand off the ball to A.J. Dillon in the fourth quarter. And A.J. Dillon could see like 12 touches in one quarter <laughs> as they just run down the clock and he could sit there and end up with like 45 yards and a touchdown and I went, you know, he's not crazy. It's it's possible. <laughs> he's not crazy. That's the only problem I have with Aaron Jones is I think if this game becomes one-sided, it's going to be the A.J. Dillon show and they're going to arrest Aaron Jones. If it doesn't become one-sided, then A.J. Dillon never sees the field, but Aaron Jones is going to have to catch passes because we all know that Rodgers is not going to hand off in a tie game in the fourth quarter. Right, exactly. So I like, I like those choices, though. Wide out. So I says to the metric, you got somebody for me? And he goes, oh, yeah. I said, please tell me you don't have 23 people. And he had 23. I have 10. And I went, oh, sweet Jesus. What? And the reason he has 10 is because, again, a lot of these guys are expected to get better. We don't have any surefire guys in these, in these names. The names I like this week, I have three names I want to toss out to the group. These are, and, and there's one more I'm watching. So my chalk play is DeAndre Hopkins. He's 7,800. I've got him slated for four, for 24 points. That puts him in the 3X value. So I'm going to use DeAndre Hopkins liberally. The next best thing I got is Michael Pittman Jr. It looks like Wentz is going to play. That's what I'm hearing. Really? I have I'm not impressed. Heard, he does. I, I, I can't believe. I, when I saw people were ranking him this week, I went, wait, really? I thought I was going to. No. I'm, here, I'm seeing more than one expert say Wentz is going to play this week. I don't, I don't, I don't believe it honestly. But if he does, Michael Pitt, Michael Pittman is is a good play. He's only forty one hundred. But my three value guys, I'm really focused on, and he, one of these three guys will appear in pretty much every lineup I do this week. Marquez Callaway of the Saints, because they think he's going to be Winston's big target, and he's only thirty four hundred. Elijah Moore of the Jets, I if he stays on his feet, I think he's going to be great. And Rondale Moore out in Arizona, 
Tennessee is probably going to try and shut down DeAndre Hopkins. I will not use Hopkins and Rondell Moore in the same lineup. I won't do it. But where I fade Hopkins, I'll use Rondale Moore. Because I think there's a chance he could get a couple of targets and try to take some of the heat and get targets early. Right. Like, don't be shocked <clears throat> if he if he hits value by halftime and then doesn't touch the ball again. He goes into halftime with 14 fantasy points, and then they don't throw to him the rest of the game because they've been using that just to free up Hopkins. Just saying, those are the guys I'm going to focus on. So I'm going to try a balanced approach. I'm going to be using a little bit of space on Hopkins, but I'm also going to try to offset that space with guys like Callaway and Elijah Moore and Rondale Moore and try to create a, a kind of lopsided attack with the heavier guys. If I'm going pure chalk, uh, where's my pure chalk guys? Uh, I, I guess Hopkins would be my pure chalk guy. I don't want to go much higher than 7,800. Devontae Adams, 8,300. I don't have that much faith in him. I don't have a lot of faith that Tyreek Hill's going to have a good game at 8,200. I think they're going to try and jam him and take him out. I actually, I, I don't have Byron Pringle on here, but I think sad. Byron Pringle, <laughs> well, I think he has a potential for five to 10 points, but that at his price point of three, of 3,000, that doesn't necessarily put him in value range. So so, I mean, I, I think, I, yeah, I mean, somebody's going to have to pick up the slack there. Everybody thinks it's going to be me, Cole Hardman. I'm not uh, convinced. I don't know. I'm not convinced. So, anyway, who do you like? Chalk um, for me and this week, uh, value. Uh, chalk would be probably Calvin Ridley. He's 7,900. He's, you know, clearly taking over the first receiver spot now that Julio's gone. Right. And, the, you know, as we saw last year, the Eagles – the whole actually the whole NFC East is not stellar. <laughs> uh so I think oh God, yeah. I think really has potential for a very large game. So he's probably my chalk play this week. Value wise, again, this probably sounds biased, is probably T. Higgins. He's uh forty seven hundred. The more I hear yeah. it, you know, because I do follow Bengal News, the T. Higgins is probably the most talked about person on the Bengals right now. It's like poised to have a giant year. Um, mm-hmm. so I think he has a lot upside and right now it's still the beginning of the year and he's only 4,700 might, might as well use him now while it's cheaper. Yeah. So we're running out of time, believe it or not. So let's move on to tight ends, tight ends. It got one name for me two years ago. The metric spit out one name on week one <laughs> and that name was Darren Waller and Darren Waller ended up being a beast. That was his breakout. I don't even know if he was a rookie, but he broke out in a big way and he won us a lot of money on week one. So this week, I'm inclined to give a little bit of credence to the the, the metric when it tells me Tyler Croft in New York is going to be a major target. Now, slow your roll. By major target, I think he's got about seven or eight points in him, but he's only 2,500 bucks. If I don't think I've got a reliable enough amount of money to pay for tight end, I can save that money, and that puts Dalvin Cook in a lineup. That does. He's only. <clears throat> he actually was my pick this week as well. Before I even looked at the matrix, that matrix, the metric. Yeah. Um. He. I know we saw. We said before. Don't really go by preseason, but if you watched he good him, preseason. he looked really good. The last game, he had like 88 yards and two touchdowns. They were mm-hmm. really connecting with each other. So, I think Croft has potential as long as he stays healthy. Could have a pretty good. Uh. Pretty good week slash year. And if I'm paying up, I'm paying up for Jonu Smith at 4,100. I am not touching any of the big three. Kittle is 6,300. Kelsey is 8,300. And Waller's 7,500. Yeah. I am avoiding all so, three of them. So really quick before we get to like defense, because uh, I know we're running out of time. But what's your yeah, max you would pay? What's your max you would pay on a tight end this week? Yeah, this week or in general? Either. I think general. It's situational. I think it's situational either way. It's where, how much money do I need to save and where do I need to save it? I mean, the way I'm building this week, if I'm using, if I'm spending $6,000 combined on two of my whiteouts and I'm only spending $2,500 on my tight end, there's an outside shot that my flex has either the name Cook or McCaffrey in it. And that's the way I'm looking at it this week. So, okay, so maybe I got to spend down. What if Cook and McCaffrey both go off for about 35 or 40 points each then I don't care that Mac Jones only got me 10 points. I don't care that Tyler Croft only got me seven. It's about balance. But if I'm not, if I'm going to get seven points at a Dalvin Cook, then I'm, I'd rather use a John U. Smith. I'd rather save the money and, and put another running back in there. Right. So I think it's, it's, it, it's very situational, but I usually try to tight end is one of the last tight end is usually one of the first value plays I use. If there's a good value there. And this week there's a good value there in Tyler Croft. I don't look for points from my tight end spot. 
I, tight end is something I have to put out there. I would look for points from everybody else. Tight end and defense are just there to balance my budget because the lineup says I have to. Right. Yep. To that point, defenses, there's only one I'm looking at, and it's the Cardinals. Because they're cheap. But you said, <laughs> you said it was going to be a 52-point game. Yes, I did, and I think Arizona's scoring 30 of those 52 points, and I think Tennessee <laughs> is going to make some mistakes along the way, and the Cardinals are only $2,100. So again, there it is, $4,600. I am going to spend more on every other position than I am going to spend on tight end and defense combined. And that's going to save me money to try and get me a optimal lineup. So we got to go to final thoughts, Craig, final thought week one. Here we are. Final thoughts. Week one. Don't um, just like we said with preseason, it's week one. So a lot of weird stuff is going to happen this week. You're going to see players who you've never heard before have giant weeks, and then you're never going to hear from them again. So don't yep. go crazy about it. Um, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> my only my advice is don't overreact. I think say this to you guys every year. I think every year in weeks one, two, and three, my biggest piece of advice is don't overreact. If you do not sell the guy that you are so excited to get in the draft because he has a bad week, and do not overreact. Oh my God, I lost twenty five dollars on a pool in the early game. I better bet fifty dollars so I can make it up. Don't right. overreact. <laughs> stay in your budgets. Stay in your lanes. Your research got you here. Don't overreact. And if you know a guy in your league that overreacts, by all means, send him that offer. Right. <clears throat> if Byron Pringle scored, and I do have Byron Pringle on two or three of my leagues. If Byron Pringle goes off tomorrow, you damn well better bet on putting trade offers out there for <laughs> anything. For a bag of chips, right, I will exactly. trade Byron Pringle because <laughs> there's one guy out there who goes, Byron Pringle's breakout. Ooh, I'm a genius. It's going to be every week like this. It's not going to be every week like this. Some guys are just very streaky or they're situational. If one of those guys has a good week one, I will trade him for somebody who is a lot more steady. Exactly. Consequently, if Aaron Rodgers goes out there in, in, one, of, in one of our leagues and lays a bomb, which I don't think he will, but if he does, I'm not putting him on the block. Oh, God, Don't no. overreact. <laughs> what you should do, though, while you're not overreacting, is leave us a review wherever you listen to us. Apple, uh, geez, a Player FM, excuse me, Spotify, anywhere you listen to us. Leave us a review. Tell us some feedback. If you want to give us some feedback, we are at FignutsDFS on Twitter. We are FignutsDFS at gmail.com. Hi, Deb. Hi, Deb. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's everything. We will be back next week with a wrap-up of week one and to start talking about week two DFS. It's amazing. I can't believe the season is here already. I crazy. really can't. It was just like June 1st. The busiest. <laughs> it was just like February 1st. Seriously. It feels like a week ago that I was crying over here. We lamenting in the that sad music. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. That was the, that was the best recovery tool of all. But anyway, <laughs> we're over our time. Everybody stay safe out there. Thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate it. Until next week, my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Mm -hmm.